Hello, I'm Shanine. Welcome to the Chit Chat Podcast, where we explore life through soulful conversation. I'm joined today by Pablo Macano, and we're going to explore his experience of spirituality, healing, and being in the present moment. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Chit Chat Podcast. I'm joined today by Pablo Macano and we're going to talk about some of his experiences in life and what he's going through at the moment and what he's doing in terms of exploring his um, health and natural medicine and music and writing Um, So I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with Pablo because he's into a lot of stuff that I am. And also what I was really interested to find out, Pablo, is that you also play bass guitar and I play bass guitar as well. So it would be lovely to, to have a chat about everything that you're up to at the minute. So I'd like to start off by asking where you're conscious journey of understanding life and who you are really began? Ah, well, uh, afternoon, Shani. Hi. It's a pleasure speaking to you. Um, yeah, well, conscious understanding. That's an odd one for me, really, because I think um, to truly be conscious in, in our journeys, um, in, in a way, we need to be almost unconscious to it, you know, as children. We're free beings and um, aren't really conscious to that understanding. We just are. There are aspects of my life definitely that were natural. I was unconscious too, but they were the full expression of me in many ways. Um, But, yeah, I I managed to shut that down quite readily as a a youngster and um, as a teenager and, and young adult. And it took many years for me to really come to the understanding that there was a cloud there, um, societal mostly, I suppose, um, in the way I understood the world and how it worked, and what I was here for. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't until my 40s that I really came alive again, uh, at least as, as I see it now alive, yeah. What was it that inspired or impacted you to understand or experience that sense of aliveness that you had when you reached your 40s? Um, what inspired me to, to find that? I, at the end of the day, for me, it was... Um, life was starting to take over at that stage. Uh, the busyness and uh, the clamour of everything, everyone ask, everything asking for attention all at once. Um, and me giving myself too much to to be asked by by the world around me, you know, everything was required all at once, and I had only so much to give. Found myself becoming depleted and uh, not able to stand truly in, in in myself in front of everything that was um, showing up. So, so really, it was a, a crumbling of persona, uh, an understanding that this can't go on, um, and. And there's that rising up inside where you, 
you throw, throw the shit to the walls <laughs> and just say, well, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. So, so yeah, it was it was a call in in the, in the grandest sense, I think, to, to come back to awareness itself. Yeah, it sounds like a point of recognizing that there has to be more to life than just giving yourself to everything and everyone else, and realizing that there's more to see and do within yourself, and then really kind of exploring and owning that. Um, uh huh. It is wonderful when you get to that point of recognition of seeing past. I love your description of it being like a cloud because I can completely relate to that. The cloud of conditioning, I would say, where you think that there is just one set way that you have to live your life. And it's almost like being a robot. You just get programmed into this is how I should be. This is how I should be living my life. This is how everybody expects me to be and we just kind of go along with that programming and then when you start to see that cloud of conditioning and like oh actually there's more going on beyond that there's more to who I am beyond this programming and conditioning that I've been living for my entire life up until this point that's when you can start to really explore that inner world of being who you are and yeah the crumbling of the the persona I can absolutely relate to that from my own experience as well so i yeah. sorry go on no carry on carry oh, on okay. <laughs> oh thank you um so i i would love to i know it's kind of off topic a bit but i am really interested to know how you got into playing bass guitar because it is one of my absolute favorite instruments um mm. and i just love to kind of hear about like what you do with your bass and how you got into it oh okay well I mean it was a love of mine for a long time I played in the band for 10 years um and it was me and my friends uh Kevin um when we were kids uh we used to hang out in his house quite a lot uh, my house was quite a manic place to be so I'd get out as often as I could and we'd hang out down his house and his two brothers who were quite a bit older than him were already playing instruments. So there was a drum kit in his room. There was um, guitars slung around and instruments here and there. And the bass was the one thing that no one else picked up. So Kevin would get on the drums and, you know, I'll pick the bass up, Pablo, you know. And and so that's how I got into it. I picked it up. And it's odd because it's an instrument for me. Um, I'm not a drummer. I'm not a guitarist. I'm not anything else but a bass player. Um, I love the deep grooves. I love funk. I love... Um, every aspect of, of that bass, you know, slew. And, and I, I just love every single bit of it. Um, although, you know, after 10 years of playing in a band and we used to go all over the place, um, local clubs and pubs, and, you know, we, we managed to get ourselves down to London a couple of times as well. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it, but it's hard work, you know, as you probably know, isn't it? It's uh, lugging all the gear around and turning up when you're meant to, which I'm not very good at, as you discovered today. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah um 10 years of playing um backs and forwards in and i and i put the bass down um i wanted to be on the other side it's forever entertaining other people and i i loved it to bits but i was always watching other people dancing and and free freewheeling it on the other side of the stage and so i i put it down because i wanted to go out and dance a bit more and we were playing um, all sorts of music, I suppose, uh, 
everything from Jamiroquai to the Stones, uh, Beatles. Uh, but I, I really have a love for drum and bass and house and many other aspects as well. So I went out there to really cut the grooves on the dance floor and let myself hang out a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave it up oh. for, for a long time. Mm. Are you still playing now? I do. Yeah. So over the years, I've played in different bands, but at the moment, kind of play freelance because it gives me the freedom to pick and choose what I want to do, which I feel like I really need in my life because I still want to play bass. But in a similar way to you with your life awakening, I had a bit of a musical awakening in the sense of I was given a lot of my time, energy and money to projects and while I was having a great time I wasn't really getting back from it what I felt like I needed for it to be fulfilling um mm -hmm. so I knew that I still wanted to play music and I still wanted to perform but I wanted it to be on my terms so I I kind of operate in more of a freelance um on a freelance basis now so I can do what I want to and don't have to feel like I'm committed to doing anything that I don't really want to do which is lovely so it's kind of the perfect balance for me but it sounds like you had a great time playing and I can completely relate to getting to that point of thinking actually I don't want to have to deal with the pressure of performing for other people you know I want to just really enjoy the music and get into the grooves and being a participant in the experience without having to lead it um, you know, you can be more of a um, a relaxed part of, of the um, music when you're just there to dance and enjoy it and you're not responsible for creating it. So it's it's great that you've got to that point and that you still enjoy music. I know in some of the messages that we've been sending, you said that you were ready to go dancing when you attended a festival recently. So it sounds like movement and dancing is kind of a real part of your sense of feeling well and happy am I right about that oh massive part yeah I mean I, I picked the bass back up again two years ago my my friend the drummer um called us back in and said it's my 50th birthday can you get your bass together and we're going to do a set so it was beautiful to pick that back up and, and and settle back into it and it calls to me now so it's it's come back into my life again I think there's a dual aspect with this um in that when I put the bass down, I moved on to other things. And I, I, I did that a lot when I was younger, and I, and I did that a lot into my, into my um, adult life as well. Interestingly, I, I'm so busy with things and, and trying different new things all the time that I forgot to hang on to the, some of the things that I've learned. So I was a transient being for a long time in my own life. There were so many thing, aspects of, of my life that I loved and yet I left behind. And that played out in many ways as well. It played out with my family. It played out in relationships. And that was part of my trauma um, as a youngster that I, I had known now as an adult. Um, that I didn't feel like I deserved anything. And hanging on to those things is very important, I, I, I feel. Um, those elements of ourselves that we get to express and, uh, and play with. And we learn so much through it about us and other people. That they're... They're intrinsic experiences that, you know, are part of us and our heart. I, I let go of too many of them, and I've spent a long while now sort of picking up those pieces and regathering them. So playing bass now is is a different thing to what it used to be back then. It's now part of my um, my life experience rather than something I did and moved on from. 
That's wonderful. And oh my God, I absolutely love your approach to trauma recovery and it being an opportunity to reclaim the parts of yourself that you felt that you had to let go of or the parts of yourself that you felt like you couldn't explore and develop and really have the experience of being your full embodied self. Um, It's so wonderful that you've been able to really have the time and space to look at that and reclaim the parts of yourself that you missed and love and also explore new parts of yourself as well. I know in my experience of recovering from trauma, um, one of the things that I've really come to allow myself to do is to grow and to explore parts of myself that I never felt safe to in the past. Um, And that's a really lovely experience, but also reclaim those parts of myself that I felt like I had to let go of um that didn't suit that I felt didn't suit the person that I was becoming but were actually really important parts of myself like you know my inner child the silly parts of myself um that I felt like as somebody who wanted to explore spirituality spirituality I had to be this very serious calm can't talk about anything that isn't related to spirit And I've come to realize over time that actually we can embody all parts of ourselves. There are so many parts of our expression and we are genuinely free to explore and live out all of them. And it's lovely that you've captured that within your own experience as well. So I know from what you've told me, you you also like to explore kind of natural health care and are experiencing some health challenges of your own. And I wondered if you could share more about that experience um, and how you are taking care of yourself in life at the moment. Yeah, of course. Um, It's funny because for all of my life, my body did what I asked in every aspect, in every way. I was such an able-bodied, fit person. Um, I probably, well, I know I didn't look after myself well. Um, part of my trauma, um, I, I managed through smoking and drinking, drug taking drugs. It was like life and soul of the party, rather than you know curled in a corner, um, which brings its own problems over time as well. Uh, so, so yeah, I've been well most of my life until uh, what's it now? It's, it's a year, eighteen months ago, when I took myself into the doctor's. Um, on my 50th birthday, because I know you can get checked at 50 years old um, for prostate um, issues, you know, prostate enlargement. And I discovered straight away um, that I had prostate cancer, and it was quite advanced as well. Um, turned out that it was a T3B, which is one step down from metastatic, which, which means um, a long journey, really. Uh, I didn't know much about it at the time. We all have our experiences with cancer, but until it comes home to knock at your door. Uh, I think it's only then when we we set about either hiding away from it, um, feeling like we have no control, or stepping into that mode of understanding and seeing what we can do about that. So really, it was um, I had a couple of days where I, I really struggled to know how to feel about the whole thing. You know, it's, it's quite a shock initially. But it wasn't long before I realized, well, you know, hey, here we are, another part of the journey to, to take on board. And 
um, well, you know, what are we going to do but own this and and see what comes? And so it's been a, a really rewarding process, um, which I don't think many people hear that. And when you do, I, I know it's very uplifting for people, especially if they're going through cancer, um, to hear that there is another way. Uh, so, yeah, a rewarding process. I've met so many beautiful people along my journey of cancer, whether that be in the NHS and the hospital, uh, whether that be through talking and meeting people out and about. Uh, I tend to wear it on my sleeve. So, yeah, discovering how to look after myself has been a, a major process here and something I, I'd never really done before in my life. You know, my body just works. I can do whatever I want with it. And now suddenly I've got to feed and look after it in a way that I never expected before. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to elaborate on the question or, or whether I should just keep talking into that. I would like to elaborate on the question because I feel like there's more to explore there, but at the same time, just want to acknowledge the way in which you're approaching this experience. and. It seems like you're looking at it as a way to deepen your connection to your understanding of life and seeing it as something that you can learn more about yourself through um, and from. And I'm just in awe of your approach, really, because I think it is perfectly understandable that if somebody was to have a diagnosis like that, that they would naturally want to see the side of it in which they are a victim, which you are in one sense victimized by this condition. But at the same time, there is always the ability for us to choose how we deal with what happens to us. I think there's a quote, someone said, I'm going to butcher it, but you can't choose the hand that you dealt in life but you can choose how to play the cards you've been given and it seems like you're really owning that freedom that you've got to choose how to deal with this diagnosis and how to deal with your health from this point onwards and I just really want to honor your approach with that really um, thank you thank you well I, I can pick up on on the part where you know we see that as a route. This is, like anything, this is a portal, I feel. And now I'm aware of my journey in life and have been for a while. Um, I can see that the, the darkness is the light. And, you know, with, with the work I've been doing alongside, uh, you know, beautiful people like um, Lee Brooks and Jonathan Wilkinson, I, I'm quite aware of how leaning into those darker aspects um, frees us, truly frees us and allows us to um, involve ourselves in, in what is real life. You know, this, this may be a cancer and I still don't see myself as a victim with it. Um, and if I want to consider that we manifest everything in our lives, going into that, that deeper understanding of that, um, I find myself on a journey where um, to accept this now and what is in, in front of me is to stand fully in that space. 
anything else is to cower away or to stand aside, to not be in this now. And so how can we accept this now with, um, with, with love and compassion for the dark and the light that comes with that? Um, it truly is a stepping into that, that space. Uh, and I was grateful, so grateful to have that choice that I wouldn't have had so long ago or not so long ago in many aspects, in many ways. Um, so to step into that space where we get to choose how we, um, take those emotions on board, which is always with deep love for ourselves. Um, I am afflicted with a cancer. I have deep love for myself through that process and through the acceptance. I open up my possibilities. Um, you know, I'm an antenna. I can, I can receive if I'm open, which means I, I get options with the information that's coming my way. I get to listen better. Um, I get to um, be in every moment in, in a more accepting and open way, which offers opportunities to me, I suppose which I've, I've grabbed hold of in, in every way I can. I grow. I, I started growing a garden when we moved um, to this house here in Letchworth. Um, it was one of the things that Kat asked me to do, my wife, a beautiful wife. Uh, she, she said, oh, I'd love to have a garden in the next place, a proper garden. And so when we got here, I went about um, building a garden and I've spent so much time here and it's been so rewarding and so gifting. Um, it's almost as if the garden was built for me to have cancer. It's a weird, weird experience that everything that I've required in, in terms of understanding um, nutrients and, and how to be with the soil again, how to be with nature again, are all the things that are healing me now. Um, Kat even went through her own journey with this and was going through it when we moved here. So together we've got this much deeper understanding of of what cancer means and and how to hold ourselves while we're healing. But, so yeah, this it's an ongoing journey. Everything that I've been that's been unfolding for me is for a reason, cancer included. Um, my coming to terms with who I am, what I do, the things I love, the reasons that I have those options tumbling in front of me in life. Um, all of it is just part of the journey. And the more I get on board with that journey, the more it gifts, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> An awful lot in there. But yeah. It's, it's a beautiful way of seeing life. And I want to pick up on a few points that I felt were quite poignant and that stood out for me. And one of them was what you said about how everything you've needed just kind of showed up as you needed it and I've found in my experience that to be true as well and it is about leaning into the darkness it is about leaning into the unknown and accepting when we don't know because I think when we open ourselves up to that mm. inner space of pure darkness we allow the light of understanding and knowing to come through and that can guide us towards what we need in the moment to take that next step forward. So it's wonderful that you've had that experience and that you are trusting that process, because I think that is how we move ourselves from darkness to light in 
embodying and being the darkness and allowing the light of our inner knowing to come through. Um, so I really just wanted to highlight that because I think that's a really powerful point to make and to understand. Um, and also just about how you are surrounding yourself with the things that you need to be well and healthy and how life is also providing that for you at the same time. I think it's really important to recognize that we have everything we need around us. And when you understand and know where to look for what you need, you find that you have everything you need in your environment and everything just kind of makes itself known to you as and when you need to know it. So it's, I love that it's almost like synchronicity. Um, you know, you can't always predict what's going to come up. But having that faith and trust that what you need will be there for you often does show up in your experience as you need it. So it's lovely that you and your wife have had the opportunity to develop the garden and nurture the garden and learn more about how you can support yourself with nutrition through health crises and health issues. Because I think that's one of the things in society generally that we have lost our connection to the healing potential of nature I think as a culture we've become too heavily dependent on um, prescription drugs and medication and not to in any way slam medical science I think that there is a huge need for medical science but I think with some conditions um, and some health issues nature has everything we need to be and to stay well um, I'm a huge advocate of essential oils I use essential oils for natural healing all the time and I'd love to know more about how you use your garden what kind of herbs and plants that you use to help to heal yourself and keep yourself well at the moment yeah okay I mean, that's a, it's a huge subject. And one of the things that I've, I've come to understand very deeply is that our Western medicines are absolutely amazing. Um, but I do consider them to be uh, equivalent to bullets. They, they go to the site of what we need them to go to and fix. They, they go in and they rip us apart on the way in, but they hit the very thing that they're, they're designed to hit. But that ripping a part of us is is the major problem there. What what they're doing is they're um, they're going in to fix a symptom, um, and they cause so much damage while they're doing that. It can be managed, and um, throughout my condition, I've been managing it. Um, I've been through chemotherapy and radiotherapy and BRAC therapy. I'm on hormone therapy right now, and will be for another couple of years. Um, I used to have a beard, but I can't grow a beard back yet because I've lost hair here and here. Um, you know, and I won't get that hair back for if I do for another couple of years. I lost my hair up top when I was younger. So I've got this, um, I, I just kind of accept now that, you know, these are just aspects of myself that come and go through life that seem to. But, but yeah, so I'm on so much medicine at the moment, um, or I have been, that I have to counter that. And the holistic nature, mother's mother nature's way, is a great antidote to what are damaging Western medicine. And in fact, the reason we're getting ill in the first place is because we've strayed from nature's path. Um, so we're becoming ill 
through not understanding the medicines that are surrounding us um, and have been since you know since we've been on this earth. Um, we were taught that weeds are weeds, and we take them out of gardens and we throw them away. Um, I don't know many what we call weeds in this Western society that aren't potent medicines. Um, and the more more I've learned and understood exactly um, how to view a plant and how to see its potential, the more I see there are no weeds, there are no um, useless plants within our space around us. All I see is a farm, nature's pharmacy. Um, we're meant to imbue tiny amounts of many things on a regular basis. And this is how our body stays well and uses, um, you know, those potentials to, to keep us on track physically. Um, and so it's been lovely to turn back to the garden and discover um, exactly which herbs do what, exactly which plants give us what nutrients, how we can combine those to help us through um, different energy um, need through our different energy needs, how we can combine them to keep ourselves going. Just simple things like nettle seeds, female nettle seeds, um, something that was brought over by the Romans to to give their troops energy, um, are everywhere around us. And and just by eating nettle seeds, um, we we get to you know fill ourselves with energy. I mean, what's better than that? <laughs> so so my morning milkshake or my morning smoothies of have got fuller and fuller. And there was a point where I was taking, I think it was 183 different ingredients in my morning in my morning breakfast, um, which I could list out, but I think that would take up the rest of the podcast. In this case. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could yeah. send me a message and I can, <laughs> with, the, with the ingredients, and I could share a little oh. recipe in the show notes. You could do. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have to be so aware of... Um, what we're putting in our own body and our own needs and requirements, our own intolerances as well, because we, we do become intolerant and we're born with certain intolerances. Our genes are made up that way. So um, it's, it's good to learn our own direction, um, you know, through what, whichever process we, we find ourselves there. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's an important point you raised there, I think, because the ingredients that you put in your smoothie were what you felt on you would help you specifically. I think there's something in, rather than looking to each other for information about what we need, really turning our attention inwards and asking ourselves what we need and trusting the intuition that comes through that guides us towards the ingredients and the food and the experiences that are really going to serve and support us holistically in that moment because that will be unique for us and what we need. And I think that's what we've lost somewhat, is that capacity to turn inwards and really become our own inner teacher, our own inner guide and source of support of knowing, actually, I know exactly what I need in this moment. I need a strawberry. I need some bananas. You know, I need, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, really. That's irrelevant. It's It's that trusting that your body and your mind can intuitively show you what exactly what you need in the moment absolutely and then there's the other aspects which you know i 
I'm always at awe at, the, at our human experience over the eons um, because, I mean, I, I dabble in psychedelics as well, and I have done over many years. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's an amazing world, uh, and the people who, um, who guide in those worlds are amazing people. And the knowledge that's been handed down is, is just astonishing. You know, when, when we talk about ayahuasca and some plant medicines, how they've been um, understood, used, and, and the information passed on over the eons, how I could go out into a garden by myself and trust that to take that is okay. When it comes to mushrooms and some deadly mushrooms, you know, you just can't take that risk. And so information is uber important as well when we step into this. Um, this space of natural healing. Um, and what I find is someone can read a list out to me of things that possibly could help me. And listening, as you say, to ourselves and knowing ourselves well, we, we feel that lift when they, come, when they come across something or when I hear something that fits for me. What was that again? And I'll ask the question again and they'll explain it again. And I'll be like, oh, that sounds interesting. And there's this innate knowing inside of us. And like you're right, once we attune to that, um, we we're able to guide ourselves in a way that is truly astonishing. You know, we feel our way through life. And um, it's true with medicines as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you um, highlighted the point about information being important in knowing how and when to listen to intuition because. Yeah, obviously, there's a whole wealth of um, knowledge that has been accumulated over generations that we can use to ensure our survival and not eat deadly ass mushrooms and kill ourselves because they look good in the moment. So I totally, <laughs> I'm really grateful to you for highlighting that as well. But yeah, I've you know, I've seen so much information, especially recently, actually, I think around exploring psychedelics as a healing tool, because historically they've been used in that way. And it's lovely to see science catching up with nature on that front, really. And rather than demonizing substances, natural substances, because they have the potential to create hallucinogenic effects and just assuming that there are no positive benefits. It's nice that the scientific world and the medical world are actually exploring, well, what are the benefits of these substances and how can we use them to heal and support ourselves holistically? Um, so it's great that you found that you can explore that and that you've had positive benefits with using psychedelics as well. Um, and I'm interested to understand more about your writing um because you mentioned that you are currently writing a sci-fi book have I remembered that right um, yes, yeah, yeah so is that is that kind of I'll let you tell me what's what's that about yeah, what kind of about. yeah what yeah. what inspired that and and kind of what what are you hoping to achieve with that well oh yeah what am I hoping to achieve there you go there's the question because um as it as a kid, I, I I remember really liking the experience of uh, making up a story or writing, and that being cut short very quickly because um, I understood that I was dyslexic 
understood that um, in trying to write that down, I had a real difficult time. Um, and I left the world of writing and expression in that regard, like way behind. And it was in my reawakening, my coming back to myself, that I made the choice. Um, because I, there's, there's a few things that happened. I was running a, um, a business uh, that I'd been building up over 15 years, which was sculptural metalwork business. And it was that that was coming into a head along with my home life and social life and everything that, um, that created so much tension that I ended up almost letting the whole lot go, which I did. And in the, in the aftermath of um, letting go my life in a, in a way that I really did just let it fall away, I, I was given the opportunity to step into whatever I wanted. And writing came knocking at my door in a way I never expected it to. I just started writing, and um, it was terrible at first, really terrible. <laughs> as you can imagine, as a dyslexic, I literally had to teach myself to write. And um, that, that's a difficult process, really difficult process, coming from that place as a whole load of um, denying myself. Uh, you know, you can't do this. It's impossible. How are you going to manage this when you haven't been able to all your life? And so it's taken for you know, four and a half years um, to indulge in that process and truly find a voice that is um, me. And so I'm, I've been writing a novel. I, I've, I started writing one novel. I put that aside, 80,000 words. Um, I wrote a part of another one, another 50,000 words. I wrote some short stories as well. Um, and there's one novel that I've stuck to. It's called Free Dominion. Um, I'm in the middle of uh, final editing that now. And so it's been a beautiful process. But I'm finding there are so many things I want to say as well. Essentially, what I'm talking to here, and I'm doing it in a way that I love science fiction. I love that world. And it's odd because it's technology. It's um, a lot of what's damaged the world in many ways is is this masculine reach into the stars. It feels like a masculine energy, and it feels like part of um, the technological drive, that the, the patriarchal societal norms fit with. And I've likened it recently to meditating, where we, found, we find ourselves grounded and we, we reach down and ground ourselves into the earth, while at the same time reaching up to Father Sky. And it, it, it seems to me that the human race is doing this naturally, almost unknowingly, that we are stretching ourselves to reach beyond our earth and into the stars in a physical sense, as well as in a personal um, uh, human sense as well a way of being um and we're not very good at grounding ourselves at the moment as a human race we're we're sort of leaving the ground in our search for the stars we're reaching beyond what we're capable of reaching at the moment um that lack of grounding that lack of root that lack of respect for mother earth is the bit that's missing in our journey at present and so my science my science fiction writing is quite character based and it's talking to the bit of humanity that is missed in a lot of science fiction writing, 
which is um, the spiritual aspect, because we haven't been able to put a um, a definition around it. We we can't equate it and we can't measure it and we can't um, build it into a computer or a robot. We seem to ignore the whole fact that it's there, or you know, um, put a little side note within a science fiction story about it. So it's really about bringing that aspect back into our um, our, our drive to understand ourselves better and reach beyond this earth but it's done so in a respectful way um and i'm always talking to the need to stay grounded within it so it's 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 really me searching within myself for my own extremities and um uh, and seeing where that takes me yeah i think writing is a wonderful tool for that self-exploration as well as being able to produce something creative that other people can enjoy I've never had the desire personally to want to write a novel, but I enjoy writing my thoughts and feelings down in a creative way and find that it helps me to uncover this sense of soul beneath me that helps me to stay grounded. And I think you're absolutely right about a lot of the problems in the world being about a lack of balance. So I think that growth, exploration, reaching for the stars, seeing beyond what we can already see at the moment is a positive thing. But I think it has to be balanced with that recognition of where we are right now is absolutely fine. We can be here as well and look to what we can see. Um, And I think if we can capture as a species that sense of balance and that sense of um, being a part of of the whole, being a part of the earth and everything that exists already, and at the same time reaching for what we can achieve for that potential. That's the key, isn't it? And I think you're absolutely right. I think we've lost the sense of that grounding. And, you know, that's where we as individuals can really open ourselves up to exploring that and to finding, I guess, that more feminine grounded centered earth-based nurturing caring appreciating loving what is energy within ourselves um, and really capture that and expressing that as well but I would love to hear more about and see your book if you've got any plans to publish it or release it at any point in the future I would love for you to share that with me because it sounds really interesting and I'd love to kind of see it and yeah, I think you're right. There is a lot of um, sci-fi that kind of lacks that more spiritual aspect of life. I think a lot of life lacks that spiritual dimension, really. I think there's definitely a lot more room within society, within our cultural experiences, where we could really explore that spiritual space more. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's nice that you're looking into that within within the writing that you're doing as well. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think the book that I'm writing at the moment has its limitations as far as um, how I express myself in it. I'm still I'm still a novice writer in that regard, and I've got so much I want to say, so many different stories to tell. Um, but, yeah, of course, you'll get a free copy as soon as it's out. <laughs> Thank you. I would really appreciate yeah, that. <laughs> and um, I, 
I think for me, the, the interesting part, the, the bit that really brought it home to me, um, I, I try to bring this aspect in when I'm helping other people find their, their roots as well. I, I, I do my coaching um, from this space as well. Balance isn't something that's natural in nature. And we might think that it is. Um, it's actually a war out there between, you know, one species and another and uh, interspecies wars. It's, there's, there's not a balance. There is what is perceived as a balance. It all exists and continues to exist next to each other. But I don't think it can be seen as um, pure light. There's a lot of dark out there as well. And I think, I think it's been said that, that really there are, there are two modes and it's like, um, as we draw a light wave or any wave on, on the paper, there's a peak and a trough and there's a transition between the two. And it's very much like that within ourselves, whereas polar beings and polarity shows itself in the universe the same way. We, we transition from tyrant to crumbling king or queen very readily and to find balance is, it's almost an odd concept because we're in flow states, always in flow states, and we have so many different cycles and arcs of our own going on that to, to truly find balance is, it seems like something we, we kid ourselves we can find. And I like to look at it that way, that we're in constant flow states. Um, the closest I've ever, ever come to balance is understanding that, I believe knowing that I'm okay to flow and that the world's okay to flow the universe too in, in, in states of, of flux. And it's being with that that keeps us safe and sound in some regards. It's being in the flux that makes us feel comfortable, if we can learn how to do that. I think yes. it's through control and trying to make everything look okay to us. You know, this is how I want my life to be. This is how everything needs to be. This is the control that's trying to find a balance and, and running away from the extremes that we find so um, either uber positive or uber detrimental that we, we get stuck. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's what I'm looking for, I think, in all my communication is to be okay that there's no balance and finding balance in exactly that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's about pure acceptance of what is in the moment and mm. not thinking that it has to be different from how it is and finding a way to be regardless of what is in the moment that's how that comes across to me and i think i think that's right balance can be a tricky word can't <laughs> it um so yeah. I totally get, I totally get where you're coming from with that, that it's not about finding balance. It's about being with what is in the moment and feeling able to liberate yourself, to just flow with that and accept that and trust that process of being as life unfolds in the moment. Um, I think that's a much healthier way to be than trying to resist and fight against what is and finding what you think it should be. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that wisdom. And um, so if, if somebody wanted to experience coaching with you, what kind of work do you do with people that you work with? What kind of 
you say that you coach from this space. Could you explore more about what you mean by that and the work that you do with your clients at the moment? Yeah, I think as ever, it's um, meeting people in this now. Um, I think that's all we can ever do, really. Um, and, so, you know, I love communicating with people. I love to um, do my best to try and understand um, what other people's lives are like and what, what is going on for them. Um, we're separated by so much as individuals because we all are you know, individuals as well, uh, uh, split split humans. But as, as this individual persona, we're so very different to each other, beautifully so. But when we do find those moments of connection, it's this real, you know, a moment for me of, of, of pure, you know, just love. And it's looking for that. It's looking how, I suppose, how we fill our nows up with ideas and, and, and ways of being to try and feel part of this world. And the work is in how we can see what's going on for ourselves within that space, within each now. Because when we're, you know, now every now is relative. And if we're closed down through triggers or ideas, um, through ideas on who we are, persona ideas, on ideas on who we're meant to be for other people, um, we, we're closing down our ability to react, our ability to, you know, soak in that moment. So what is an a priori moment, a moment where we get to just uh, be as humans and experience the world without ideas? That, that a priori moment comes on us. And if we have ideas about what this is and beliefs that fix us, that moment's over. We're already on to the next. And there's this whole gap of space where we get to experience um, view from different angles with the experience we've had already in life. Um, and before we come up with ideas and beliefs in that now, to just let that permeate uh, and see how our soul comes alive in that moment. We then, we then start expressing and showing ourselves in different ways. And so it's always about coming back to the now, using whatever modes and ideas I have to communicate to someone so that I might just lift that um, blinker of, um, of, of uh, perceive our life, lift that blinker up for a moment so that they might see beyond it. Um, it's, it's a constant coming back to that with, with a lot of heart and care and love because we all go through so much. Um, yeah, and when, when traumas show themselves, um, when, when we do, you know, journeys back to child, back to our past, back to the moments that, um, generally tend to, you know, bit, bit like getting kicked in the backside and we fly through life without even realizing what's available to us. It's going back to those moments and seeing how those moments help to identify what we see as the world. Um, you know, that, that blinker that, that gets put over our eyes at those moments. Going back to that, really. So it, it, it's all about being in the now and coming back to the now and letting all else fall away. Um, because if we can perceive each now open-minded, then we truly are alive, I believe. Absolutely. Um, completely agree with that and completely relate to that and think that's a wonderful 
space to work with people from because if you can allow somebody to just be with all of who they are in the moment and you're just a source of presence with them you're having a moment of connection with them that opens them up to that inner state of intuition and knowing and understanding of their own experience and what they need to really come alive within themselves so that sounds like a wonderful container that you offer to people and I would love to share a way in which people can connect with you in that way if they hear something in this that resonates with them so I'd love to have a link of how people can connect with you if that's okay and then I can add that into the show notes of course yeah and no, I'd be happy to do that it'd um, be lovely you. to share I mean anytime I can offer to people to um t- to come back to this now is you know that's that's where I'm at I am as an individual now yeah I think that's where I want to be with my friends with myself with with my family and everyone so yeah it's a big party <laughs> yeah it absolutely is and when you see it the illusions that we've often got caught up in throughout our lives just stop being as important to attach ourselves to and to chase and follow it really is about being in the now that is all there is you know I've I've found that for myself and that's where I want to live for the rest of my life it's the only place I feel like myself it's the only place I feel like I can be who I am be my true self and live how I want to live so I totally get why you do what you do I totally get why you want to be in this moment as well because it's where all of life is there is nowhere else that life is except here now in this moment and when you have that sense of everything's here there's nowhere else to go you know you stop chasing your illusions and your fantasies and your thoughts as much and you just want to be here so it's it's lovely that you offer that to people the struggle is real right I mean it's it's not like we can be in that now forevermore because we've we've got the the past and the future to contend with as humans we're 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 constantly having to look forward and plan for the, for the future and we're having to communicate about the past in order to know where we're going. Sometimes it's it's just, it's it's hell being human sometimes, but it's also um, a beautiful place to be to. Um, let go of that as well. I think that's the polarity, you know, that's that's the light and the dark of it is unless we've got something to let go of, our, you know, we have to be lost in order to be found. It's, they come together. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's a constant joy to to balance and juggle juggle that and just letting go and just thinking, ah, oh, thank God I'm just human mm. is probably the best part of it, I think, just to go, oh, God, yeah, I just got embroiled in that again. I can let it go. You will you will probably be able to relate to this as a fellow bass player, but it's like the tension <laughs> and release of music. You know, when you're listening to a song and, you know, a, a melody will build up and the notes will build up to a certain point of tension and then it resolves itself by releasing and going back to like the root note or whatever. You know, it can be like that with life. Sometimes we can get caught up in the tension of our thoughts and what we think should be happening and then it resolves itself we let it go we come back to remembering who we are i, I think that's um uh 
yeah, as a bass player on stage, resolving that was amazing for me because if I ever dropped a note, it would be absolute ah, carnage. But yeah, I, resolving, resolving, resolving is the place to be at, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, you're right. It's so beautifully put. I, I, I fit with that perfectly. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So I wonder if you would be open to sharing any last words of wisdom, insight, knowledge, anything that you would want somebody who is listening to know or understand. Okay. Oh, the pain of tension, the pain of um, of not knowing who we are, pain of not knowing how to step forward into the next part of life, um, how to get it right, that need to get it right because there's so much pressure. All of those those icky feelings about, you know, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm struggling to do it. All of those aspects um, are there to be let go. And it's in the letting go that we find the answers and the root cause. It's completely paradoxical, paradoxical, and until we manage to let go, allow ourselves to fall, however that sounds to you, however that feels to you, it is painful, but it's the most beautiful process in the world. And we were made to take that journey. Um, we have everything in us to be able to experience that collapse and that fall and rebuild caterpillar to the to the butterfly i don't know if you know that inside a caterpillar when they go into a chrysalis they completely turn into a glute and um they have something inside themselves that we call imagio cells or imagination cells and it's that strand of dna that isn't present in the caterpillar or isn't used in the caterpillar that suddenly interacts with the glute and turns it into a butterfly so it's not until we completely turn to glute collapse as such that we're able to turn into the butterfly. And I think if anyone is wanting to discover the butterfly inside themselves, then, um, you know, there are many people out there now um, who would be happy to help guide or hold you while you um, take that process on board. And, um, yeah. I think that's it really, is what a joy to discover there's another way. Beautiful. Pablo, thank you so much for taking the time to come and spend this time chatting with me today. I've had such an amazing conversation with you. It's been absolutely lovely. I really appreciate you being here and sharing everything that you've shared. Um, thank you. No, thank you for me. Yeah, oh, honestly, it's been a pleasure. Really lovely. It'd be great to keep up to date with everything that you're doing. And um, I look forward to hopefully chatting to you again soon. And hopefully you'll share um, a link to some of your bass plan, maybe. Or maybe <laughs> we'll get to um, jam together at some point. Who knows? Yeah, that would be amazing. I would love that. Yes, I will definitely keep you up to date on what I'm doing with my bass playing for sure. Excellent, thank you. All right, take care of yourself. Okay, and you. Bye. Bye now.